Welcome, everybody, to the Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your main host, the Artificial Dragon. I'm your co-host, Hannah, otherwise known as Darth Selene. Yep, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, everybody. Um, We had a, uh, it's a little bit delayed um, because I had to do real-life things. I had to take our uh, little mayonnaise droid to the vet to see, um, uh, well... Personal matters, um, had him in for a little checkup, but he's doing fine. He's just a little bit old, you know, that sort of thing. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. You still um, love him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, this episode has been a little bit delayed. It will still be uploaded Thursday like every other episode previous, but uh, yeah. Um, at least we're not on a time crunch this time. At least. But yeah, um, same thing as usual. Go If you love the content that we make... Uh, be sure to support us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash canmail. Once again, it's patreon.com slash canmail. Support my blog. <laughs> yeah, your blog too. Um, and for this month's Patreon art pieces, we got the power couple, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Duchess the Teen of Mandalore. Yep. Chef's kiss. Beautiful. Chef's kiss. <laughs> beautiful artwork we've had. Yeah, the most beautiful artwork we've ever had. Um... And aside from that, if you're not into the fan service stuff, you can always support our other tiers. The lowest being three dollars, uh, the next being five dollars, um, and whatever tier you contribute to, you always have instant. Bring up topic suggestions or just have a general fun time with us. And get to know us. Yeah, and share your collection and uh, history with the Star Wars franchise in general. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> awesome to learn about everybody's past with this series. Yeah, or uh, if you're a certain somebody, you'll be sharing some fan theories here and there. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's uh, what fandom is all about. Yeah, exactly. Um... But yeah, if you're not interested in donating any money or anything like that, you could always subscribe, comment, to give a like for our videos. Ring for, the bell. Yeah, ring the bell. Um, sounding like every other generic YouTuber ever, but yeah. Um, hey, it's how it works. Yeah, it just helps out with the algorithm. But yeah, we appreciate your support for loving the content that we do, and we hope to do more in the foreseeable future. Shout out to my dad for actually listening. <laughs> Shout out to Hannah's dad, um, which is always nice to have loved ones listen and all that. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, aside from that and your little blog over there, um, don't worry, I'll put it in the description down below. Um, let us get into the episode. So, Hannah, I'm sure you know what today's episode's going to be about. We're going to be talking about hyperspace. Yep, if, uh, nothing too special. We're not talking about a specific character. We're not talking about a race, a planet, a battle, or the history of a Sith, or a Jedi, anything like that. We're just talking about, like, one of the miscellaneous things. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so hyperspace, it's kind of like one of those things. It's the main method of travel throughout the Star Wars galaxy. It's basically, uh, something like, okay, faster than light travel, you know, the generic sci-fi stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, like for Star Trek, we have warp drives and everything like that. And for 40K, we have the warp, which is literally just going through hell, literal hell, oh, to get on to whatever destination you need to go to. And, uh, yeah, I'm not too familiar with others' methods of travel for other sci-fi universes, but it's the general faster-than-light travel. Yeah. But for other franchises, it's just going into cryosleep, whatever. Um, but it yeah. makes sense from a scientific standpoint. Yeah, because I don't think we'll be able to achieve faster-than-light travel anytime soon. Before we die, at least. At least in our lifetime, no. <laughs> but yeah, um, so hyperspace is kind of like one of those concepts that you don't generally think about. You just think, oh, it's faster-than-light yeah, travel. Yeah, it's, it's there. Yeah, it's just there. Um, of course, like with any deep uh, sci-fi franchise, there is a good amount of lore behind hyperspace and everything like that. Of course like there that. is. Um, it... To be all honest, I won't be going too much into depth. I say that, and we're going to go so much into Look, depth. Look, this is going to be an hour. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be like a little bit shorter than normal episode. I say that, and it'll probably be over an hour, but who knows, Who the fuck knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, so let me go ahead and get started. So hyperspace, as we all know, it's basically like faster than light travel. You know, the, you know that classic sound effect where the all the ships go into the horizon and all and the stars disappear. yeah 
and all the stars just dilate and just brrr, you know that sort of thing yeah the legendary us it's always so good um hyperspace ambiance is the best sounding thing out it's there it's very nice to listen it's to. uh oddly relaxing if you ever come across those uh asmr videos on youtube i'll have to check them out yeah Sometimes I use them as a background noise whenever I do a D&D campaign. I think I've noticed. <laughs> but yeah, um, hyperspace, it's described as an alternate state of existence or an alternate dimension if you want to go that far. Okay. Um, so kind of like the warp? Kind of like the warp, yeah. But um, not hell? Not literal hell, no. While it can be described as an alternate dimension, it is... Kind of, it kind of has the same boundaries as real space and everything like that. Okay. There's just like a shadow. Like, I I came, or came to the conclusion that hyperspace is kind of akin to the ocean. I can see the comparison. Like, uh, so when you're in hyperspace, it's not like uh, you're in an alternate state of existence where you just bypass everything. Mm-hmm. It's more of a alternate state of mind like imagine like dr strange when he's going into his uh what was it called his ethereal state or something like that okay so imagine it like that but with ships and everything so like it's the astral plane yes it's kind of like the astral plane sort of speak but everything is still there yeah that's how it's weird to list i, I want to hear how how hyperdrives work yeah yeah i'm I haven't gone into hyperdrives this episode, uh, spoiler alert, but we'll eventually talk about <laughs> hyperdrives, but they are so deep, like, uh, the, the literal fuel that they use for hyperdrives are called hyper, uh, annihilator, uh, hypermatter, sorry. Hypermatter. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, like, uh, in the Han Solo movie, the entire plot point behind that is to get a coaxium. I remember that. Yeah. Just barely. That's Just the only barely. thing I fucking remember <laughs> aside from Maul. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll eventually talk about hyperdrives, but we're talking about hyperspace. Quick side note about Solo. That's the only Star Wars movie that I did not like watching. Yeah. Because it gave me such a headache. I thought you didn't like Rise of Skywalker, though. Rise of Skywalker is different. This is the only Star Wars movie that has made me physically hurt because it made my eyes hurt. Uh, fair enough. Maybe we'll do a rewatch of Solo one of these days. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, just kind of a little revisit. I think it would be nice. But anyway, where was I? Uh, so think of like, uh, I'll, I'll go into uh, mass shadows later. Mm-hmm. But imagine like you're in hyperspace. Like all the stars are super dilated around you. But you're approaching a certain point and you just see a shadow. That shadow is basically the literal shadow of, like, a planet or something. And you're about to collide with that shadow. You do not want that. Yeah. Nobody (laughs) wants that. Yeah. So, basically, there's a unique point that's also connected to hyperspace. But anyway, I'll get more into that later. But point is, hyperspace is the literal backbone of a Star Wars universe. Like, everything from traveling to another planet on the other side of the galaxy. Or Mm -hmm. going into battle. Or, you know... Getting a certain resource on that valuable planet over there. Politics, you know, that sort of thing. Space travel, all that. Or if you're going from the sequels, literally busting into a ship. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll eventually talk about that uh, hyperspace ramming thing in Which a little bit. Which fucking makes zero sense. Yeah, um, kind of a little bit interesting on that point, but I'll get there when I get there. Um, but yeah, um, without hyperspace... The Star Wars galaxy would essentially be fucked. Yeah. Like, uh, cutting off all hyperspace, not having access to hyperspace technology, you would be literally stranded on the planet that you're on. Yeah, no trade would happen. Everything no would trade. just be fucked. Yeah, and all the alien civilizations that have gone together would be just isolated. And cut off from everything. Yeah, and like, there are certain worlds that serve uh, certain purposes, like maybe you have an agricultural planet that gives you food, or an energy world that gives you a certain amount of energy, or just general mining worlds. Yeah, you gotta get your resources from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of people like to meme that Star that certain planets in the Star Wars galaxy are not self-sustaining. Um... But yeah, like if you look at our real world, 
Uh, especially with America, it has a lot of uh, exports that it depends on other countries and everything. Like, look at fucking China. We get a majority of our shit from them. Yes, and we get oil from the Middle East. Yeah, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia and all yep. that. Like, if we... If those if we two... didn't have <laughs> access to those, we'd be fucked. Yeah, yeah, we're not exactly self-sustaining as much as we like to believe we are. Nope. <laughs> Same thing with the Star Wars galaxy. Just on a much more planetary white scale yeah it's a big it's such a bigger scale it's yeah. a whole galaxy yeah not just one country yeah exactly um but anyway let me get a little bit into the history of hyperspace okay so the principles of hyperspace travel as the star wars galaxy knows it was first discovered by our good old buddies the ancient ricotta of course yeah because you know for being evil bastards, they are the tipping point of everything that we know about the Star Wars galaxy. Yep. Um, which allowed them to create a the, one of the first galaxy-spanning empires. Um, though there have been examples of ancient relics that have utilized hyperspace in much more different applications. Mm -hmm. um, like there's the Gree Hypergates, which is literally like a uh, large halo. I don't have pictures of it, unfortunately. Okay. But... It's like a gigantic portal halo thing that utilizes hyperspace and you just walk in it and go to a completely different section of the galaxy. Is this like for one person or an entire... I assume ship? it would be like for ships, entire groups of people, something like that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Vagree are really interesting. I'm not sure if you've encountered them in the Old I Republic have, yet. I but I barely know anything about them. Fair enough. We'll eventually talk about them in the future. I uh, think take they're mostly included in like flashpoints and like the Rackul stuff. Yep. Which I really don't pay attention to because <laughs> I like solo play, not PVE play. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I I I do like that certain flashpoints uh, expand more lore about the Star Wars galaxy and everything. A little bit. It's cool. Yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about Vagree in some other episode. Take a shot. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, um, so eventually the technology would be reverse engineered by other races that the, the, the Ricotta used to enslave, like the Corellians and the Duros. Yes, the, the Ricotta enslaved everybody. Yep, pretty much. They thought... they. They were basically the Chiss, but less kind. Less kind and more off, uh, <laughs> more dictatorship. Yes. Yeah. Um, though there have been examples of other races creating the hyperdrive independently, such as the uh, Deveronians, you know, the, the devil people and everything. Yep. Um, in canon, there have been stories of numerous races taking inspiration from a space-faring animal race called the Pergil, which are like the, the space whales and everything. So space whales can travel through hyperspace? Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, like, uh, there's, uh, so there's an episode, I think it's the first episode of Season 3 of A Mandalorian, where uh, Grogu and Dinjarin are in hyperspace, and Dinjarin's just falling asleep, mm -hmm. and Grogu is, like, looking in the, uh, you know, the ethereal realm of hyperspace, and mm -hmm. just right next to them is just an entire pod of Pergil. I gotta look that <laughs> Yeah, it's a really beautiful scene. But point is, um, just like our own real world, uh, in canon anyway, the, the people of the Star Wars galaxy were inspired by these space version of whales, basically. They look like... They look more like giant squids. A little bit, mostly because of the tentacles of the bag, but they're basically yeah. space whales. I can see. Yeah. It was like combining a whale and a squid. Yeah. Um, I remember when a lot of people noticed the Pergil, and they were like, that's so ridiculous. I'm like, dude, have you forgotten about the Minox and the gigantic worms? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those Can't be sci-fi without weird fucking creatures. Yeah, exactly. Especially those that could survive in a vacuum of space. Yup. <laughs> I mean, look at the die of them. They, they casually fly around in a vacuum of space. And they're technically canon. Yeah, exactly. Um... Though the use of hyperspace has become commonplace in a grand majority of the galaxy and everything, mm -hmm. um, how it works remained a huge mystery, even to the best of astrophysicists and astro-navigator experts. Mm -hmm. um, though, even though it, it's kind of like that uh, idea, like we know more about our moon than our own oceans. Yes, I've said that so many times. Yeah, which is... Yeah, like, even us and even the citizens of the galaxy don't know what the hell hyperspace is. 
or what its original purpose. For all we know, it's always been there. Yeah. But there have been a couple of interesting theories. Um, one stating that hyperspace utilized another dimension as a sidestep um, to the light of the speed limit. Like, imagine, like, real space is the road, and you're in the middle of a traffic jam. Mm-hmm. Like, that situation where you're, like, telling people to move and everything. Um, and you just think to yourself, God, Basically it would be... a 17 Yeah. It would be... And you think to yourself, God, it would be a lot easier to just walk on foot. Yeah. Um, imagine hyperspace being the sidewalk to that road. Or more like driving on the fucking shoulder. Yeah, exactly. That's one theory, at least. Um, another is that it is... Phased matter directly into another universe, similar to other space, which we talked about briefly in our uh, ghost, F- store, ghost Stories episode and everything. See that episode? It needs more views. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Please, please see that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so regardless of, you know, theories and everything, hyperspace has been a critical part of everyday life of Star Wars. Like, yeah. We see it everywhere. Essentially. Uh, like, you're never going to watch Star Wars without going into hyperspace or anything like that. It's just... Yeah, a, nothing would happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, Fuzz, in the early days of a Republic, hyperspace coordinates were plotted within the aid of hyperspace beacons. Because you gotta keep in mind, in the early days of a Republic, um, a majority of the galaxy was just unexplored. Yeah, you had to have a way, like, a way to get, know where you were going. Yeah, basically. And uh, the further people traveled into the galaxy, they just, you know, set out beacons, like, basically lighthouses in space and everything to make sure that they don't, uh... Don't get lost. Don't get lost and just keep traveling out, you know, like, going into the new frontier Mm -hmm. and everything. Um, but as time went by, those hyperspace beacons would be replaced gradually and... Each ship would be installed with uh, Navi computers, which allowed for more autonomous travel for everyday um, spacers of Star Wars and everything. Yeah, it's very convenient. Yeah. Um, So, just to give you an idea, Navi computers are basically like GPS, but in space. Yes, I know. (laughs) You encounter one every single time you need to go to a new planet in Swator. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then, uh, though, at around the time of the Mandalorian Wars... Okay, so... I already talked about that already. That's when uh, Navi computers were installed in every uh, ship in the galaxy. It's around the Mandalorian Wars. When the Mandalorians were curved something for Republic here and there. still very ancient Yeah, Star Wars time. (laughs) Very ancient. Um, So let me go ahead and talk about the... I wouldn't say mechanics because I think we kind of understand them. But a little bit of explaining of how hyperspace works and everything. Okay. Each ship that enters hyperspace can only do so with a hyperdrive. Very obvious. Yes. Um, and has to go through a fixed routine process. These calculations can be done with a Navi computer, as I explained earlier. Mm-hmm. Or with smaller ships like a Starfighter or something through an astromech droid. They are basically mini Navi computers and everything. That's cool. So yeah, like we'll eventually talk about no astromechs. No is so useful. Yeah, because he's literally a navigator your engineer, and your companion wrapped into one. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, um, though, as with space in general, it is constantly changing, with numerous celestial bodies finding themselves from one point and, you know, moving to a completely different point. Yeah, orbits. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so... I mean, even stars... And planets spin around yep. the center point of a galaxy. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense. So it's always constantly changing. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is where... Um, so I always throw around hyperspace lanes. Which are basically, uh, as I say numerous times, they're basically highways in space. Yeah. Um, so since the beginning of a Republic, like there are thousands of hyperspace lanes. But... Yeah, they always need to be constantly updated because, you know, there could be a random asteroid there. There could be a black hole that came out of fucking nowhere. You know, that sort of thing. Basically, it's the highways and then needing to upkeep it is ADOT or, you know, Department of Transportation fucking keeping up the road. (laughs) But yeah, um, like, 
the common misconception that I always find with a lot of fans of Star Wars is that uh, you could only travel to certain planets that are along a hyperspace lane or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's not quite true. Because, like with highways and residential roads and everything like that, you could deviate from the normal route. It's just going to be a little bit trickier. I think I remember one fan from a Discord server describing it like this. Imagine you're on a Jeep Wrangler, you know, cross-roading and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, off-roading. Off-roading. Um, and uh, your windows are just polarized. You can't see shit out of it. And you're just depending purely on the map right next to you okay and uh, if you keep on going and you don't know where the fuck you are eventually you will run into something and disaster will happen yeah that's basically what hyperspace is like it makes me think like you know how the traffic has been bad going down oh yeah 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 um there's an alternate route that we usually take but it's so like low maintenance and it's an old country road. It's called the Old Muns Highway. And it goes from Flagstaff at the airport to Kachina Village. Yeah. And it's a good way to, you know, pass all that shit. Mm -hmm. But it's bumpy as hell. Yep. So, same real-life comparison. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And another thing to point out is that when you're in hyperspace, it's not like you're going into hyperspace the entire trip to whatever destination you want to go to you'll eventually have to come out of hyperspace and into real space because there's like a planet in your way or there's a space station in your way and you to you know you, you don't want to hit it yeah you don't want to hit it or like uh there's like an episode of the clone wars where so it's the malevolence arc um, and point is, the, the Malevolence is going to fuck up a, uh, a uh, medical facility, but it has to navigate around a nebula. It can't exactly go through the nebula. Mm -hmm. So it has to make like several stopping points because it's obviously a wide turn and you can't do that in hyperspace. Yeah, makes sense, especially with a big ass ship. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah, like uh, contrary to what uh, one of my players at a time you can't exactly go through asteroids or a nebula or anything like that i wouldn't think so yeah um it's like you're gonna hit it you're not phasing through it you're no going to hit it no yeah you are absolutely going to hit it but yeah um so there are like five main uh hyperspace routes um, let me see. Do I have them written down? Yes, I do, actually. Um, like I said before, there are minor hyperspace lanes. Um, but there are, like, the five main ones. Mm -hmm. They're, like, the Route 66 or I-90 of Star Wars. Okay. So, the first one is the Rima trade route. And the second one is the Perlimian trade route. The one that I always have trouble pronouncing. Mm -hmm. um, and the third one is the Hydean Way. The fourth is the Corellian Run. And the fifth one is the Corellian Trade Route. I've heard, I've heard a lot about the Hydean Way. Yeah. The Hydean Way is like the longest hyperspace lane ever. Because I think it goes from one half of the galaxy and all the way to the other half. Route 66. Basically, yeah. It's basically the Route 66 of Star Wars. That's cool. Yeah, and a lot of these... Uh, I haven't gotten into the uh, strategic application because hyperspace lanes... Are super duper important. Well, yeah. Like, I mentioned briefly in the Trade Federation episode, like, all these major corporations, they want access, their own uh, access to these hyperspace route. And anybody else that goes on it, they gotta pay a fine and everything. That sounds like, that sounds like New York. Yeah, very much. Like, you have to go through the tolls. But in a military application, like, uh, there's this quote I remember from uh, Leonardo, no, not Leonardo, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. Mm -hmm. And it's something along the lines of um, amateurs discuss military tactics. Experts discuss logistics. Makes sense. Because, like, in numerous conflicts... Um, you may have the largest fucking guns. You may have the best troopers in the galaxy, but you can't move them anywhere if you don't have access to hyperspace lanes. Yeah, you gotta be smart about it. You can't be, like, it's it's dumb. Yeah, exactly. You gotta think. Yeah. Like, uh, 
Like in the Shock T episode, we talked briefly about uh, a certain planet that the Separatists want to take hold of that had access to one of these big hyperspace lanes that goes directly to the Core Worlds. Mm -hmm. That is a strategic advantage. Like, there's an arc in the Clone Wars where, uh, what was it? Tarkin and his Jedi general, who was uh, even Pell, you know, the, the, the little uh, elf-eared guy. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, they have uh, coordinates to the Nexus route, which is basically a secret, super duper secret hyperspace lane that leads to the homeworlds of both the Republic and the Separatists. Okay. And if the Separatists get that, they obviously have a me- immediate backdoor to Coruscant and vice versa. Yeah, that that's not good. That could lead straight to an invasion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hyperspace routes are super duper important strategically in the galaxy. Like, if you recall in the his in our first history of a Sith episode, go ahead and watch that. Um, by the way, that's a good it's one. so good. It's so good. It's the origin of a Nagasadel running away meme. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, the the main like if you recall, the only reason the Sith had access to the wider galaxy is because uh, two Republic travelers just happened to stumble upon Korriban when they were, you know, charting hyperspace routes and everything. And then they unintentionally incurred invasion from the Sith and everything. Yep. Yeah, it's those hyperspace routes are super duper important in the Star Wars galaxy. Yes, we talked more on that in the Sith episode. Go yeah. watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And speaking of important military shit... There is actually this lovely story going back to the Hydean Way again. Um, there is a series of videos that surround a couple of years before the uh, Great Galactic War. You know, the main conflict from Swator and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sith undercover agents got to stoke the, the, uh, the, the prideful fire of the Mandalorians to go into war against the Republic again. Mm-hmm. Um and their strategy was to form a blockade in the Hydean Way. Oh, okay. And that simple act literally cut off a Republic supply line. Oof. Yep. That's smart. That's a... Yeah, that's very smart. Yeah, exactly. The only reason it was broken was due to the acts of a... Um, a uh, Maryland smuggler. I can't remember her name. Hilo Vance. There you go. Yep. I knew you wouldn't remember her. Yep. She's a very minor character, but she gets to be a little bit bigger in uh, Swator once you get past the expansions. Yep. And the, uh, what was it, the uh, uh, Eternal Empire expansion? Yes. Yep. Once you get past Kotet and uh, Kofta, you you get her as a specialist for your alliance. Yeah. So basically the entire story behind her was she... Wanted to try and break this Mandalorian blockade. Obviously for profit and everything, but... Yeah, if, um, if it's blocked, she's not making money, because she's a smuggler. Yeah, exactly. And uh, she, along with the help of uh, Republic reinforcements, were able to break that blockade, and she was hailed as a hero by the Republic. Hell yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she is pretty cool. She's I, in a very tumultuous relationship, a very love-hate relationship with Galt Renault. <laughs> yep. That motherfucking Deveronian bastard. Yes, slut <laughs> bastard. But yeah, um, as you could see numerous times, hyperspace lanes super duper important to the majority oh, yeah. of the galaxy. Um, nothing would function. Yeah, exactly. And as much as hyperspace is this lovely form of transportation, and despite its importance, it still has its fair share of hazards, as I mentioned well, before. Duh. <laughs> um. So let's see, collisions and interference with ships are potentially fatal hazards. Um, well, the main concern is the gravitational pull of celestial bodies, which, as I mentioned before, are called mass shadows. Yeah. So, though many ships are, every ship in the Star Wars galaxy is installed with a safety system, basically as a countermeasure, like if you're approaching a mass body, mass body, a mass shadow. Um, basically, they're forced out of hyperspace into real space, furthest away from the celestial body in question. That makes a lot of sense why ship, why the dreadnoughts and everything appear so far away. Yeah. Because they don't want to hit the fucking planet. Yeah, exactly. Um, though, even with these... settle down to the planet. Yeah. Though, even with these safety measures, collisions with mass shadows can happen either by accident or intentionally. 
Yeah, makes sense. As we know with uh, The Last Jedi and everything, that was, you know, intentional. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, um, the, and the hyperdrive reactors of many capital ships could output enough power to rival or even eclipse stars. Oh, wow. So, they, yeah, a huge oomph if they collide with a celestial body. Yeah, that's a supernova. Yeah, pretty much. Um, such a collision can prove devastating, especially to a planet. Well, no shit. Yeah, it is said that if such a collision did happen to a world, even if it has its planetary shields up, the mere fallout alone could kill millions. Makes me question, why isn't it used as a war tactic? <laughs> um, Aside from the sequels. Yeah, um, I did a little bit of research. Um, the last jet, not... Yeah, The Last Jedi. Uh, so that certain move is called the Holodome Maneuver, which is obviously named after that Admiral and everything. Yep. Um, funny enough, there are instances of that being in, can uh, being in Legends too. Wow. So uh, let me give you a certain example. So there was... You almost said canon, but yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I meant Legends, not canon. Um, one famous example was during the Clone Wars, when the Republic battlecruiser called Star had its hyperdrive system damaged by a torpedo droid. Mm -hmm. And it inadvertently went into hyperspace toward the planet that they were fighting over, called Penmont. That's not good. And Ponmont, just to give you a uh, perspective, Ponmont is basically a uh, colony world of the Quarrens, and it's a really super-duper important uh, manufacturing world. Okay. Like, it produces the Separatists' ships and everything. Mm -hmm. um, the, the Quasar, um, it devastated the planet to the point that its core was fractured completely. Oh, shit. So it just, just smashed into a million pieces. Yep. So, yeah, that... Yeah, you... That's not good. That is not good, yeah. Imagine, no bueno. <laughs> you find a, a Holdo ship doing that against a Super Star Destroyer is bad? Yeah, it fucked up a planet. Yeah, that's that's not good. Yeah. Um, not at all. <laughs> um, and there have been... Uh, so, there are several factions that also utilize a artificial form of uh, mass shadows... Because, you know, that's very fucking useful to stop ships and everything and blast them into oblivion. Yeah. Um, so, there are... I remember in the... So, the Old Republic, uh, they managed to make a interdictor ship, which basically did that. But eventually the technology was lost and both the Republic and the Separatists were trying to recreate it. They spent, like, millions of credits to get the hold of this technology. Mm -hmm. But... By the time the Galactic Empire came around, they were able to get that technology. Okay. And the most famous example would be the Gravity Well Projector, utilized by the Interdictor-class Star Destroyer. It's, imagine a regular Star Destroyer, but has several domes on its on its hull and everything. Okay. Those are its uh, Gravity Well generators. And basically, um, it basically prevents ships from going into hyperspace. And if they go into hyperspace, they're just forced out. Oh, shit. And Fraun utilized that ship quite well. Of course well. he did. <laughs> yeah, it was that... Sh it was, That's a good advantage. It is a really great advantage. And it was those ships that prevented, uh, you know, cornered the New Republic Navy at the Battle of Belbrini. That's a great move on Thrawn's part. It is, but that didn't save him when he got assassinated by his own bodyguard. Damn it. <laughs> but yeah, really big brain move. Um, though, to a much lesser extent... Pirates and other criminal organizations would use a much more primitive approach, if you will. Okay. Um, so basically what they do, oh, excuse me, is they move basically asteroids or other small planetary bodies into the path of well-established hyperspace routes to basically force any ship that comes along to be forcibly grabbed out of hyperspace because, you know, there's an asteroid in the way. We don't want to get destroyed. That's funny. Do they, like, tow it over there? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It's like the space version of putting logs or something in the middle of the road. That's funny. It is funny, but really it's a good smart. tactic. It is a really good tactic, yeah. Um, I always find it kind of hilarious because as I was doing research, um, so in the very first movie, Han Solo is like telling Luke like the dangerous uh, um, business of, you know, doing 
cor- uh, hyperspace coordinates. Like he always makes the big deal of if you're a one fraction off, you'll find yourself near a star or in a black hole, that sort of thing. Okay. Which is hilarious to me because in the lore, it says that they have countermeasures to prevent that from happening. That makes sense. They, they That was probably added later on from when the movies were made. That is probably true, but I like to imagine... Han, it's a little contradiction. Yeah, but I like to imagine that Han Solo, being the friggin' smuggler that he is, kind of disabled the safety system. It so that he could get for him. <laughs> so that he could get much closer, way past Imperial scanners and everything like that. Smart. Smart, but very dangerous. Very stupid, too. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll eventually talk more about, uh, you know, hyperdrives and all of that fun stuff. Shot. It's, uh, take another shot. Um, but yeah, let me go on to other hazards. Uh, oh, hyperspace itself could also be greatly hazardous to your health. That makes sense. Like, uh, if, you're, if, <laughs> if you put somebody in an airlock... And send them in the middle of hyperspace. It's basically uh, much more efficient than if you put them in a vacuum of space. Oof. I'm just uh, so... That doesn't sound nice. No, it does not. I'm just imagining you're just yeeted into hyperspace. And you're just surrounded by stars for eternity until you, like, turn into dust or something. Maybe. Or if you don't get torn apart by the velocity. Yeah, exactly. Um, you could survive in an escape pod in hyperspace, but if that hyper, uh, if that escape pod doesn't have, have a hyperdrive, you're basically stuck to it. You're fucked! Yeah, pretty much. Oh, that doesn't sound nice at all. Oh, no. It, Especially knowing what kind of creatures lurk in there. <laughs> the fucking pergill and everything, yeah. Yep. That could eat you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, being ejected into hyperspace is a fate worse than death. This is just a question, maybe you'll answer it later on, yeah, but yeah. don't the star weirds reside in hyperspace? I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. They do reside in hyperspace. Yeah, but... you don't want to encounter one of those. <laughs> yeah, those weird fuckers that just scream like a banshee to your ear. They're terrifying. <laughs> Imagine one approaching a stuck escape pod. Just, just oh, you're fucked. <laughs> Especially if they're like a force user, you'd be fucked. Yep, majorly fucked. <laughs> But yeah, um, so, okay. Isn't it rumored that, it, it might just be a rumor. Yeah. But it was, um, that if you stared into hyperspace while you were, like, going in, yeah. you'd go blind. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say, uh, I'm, I'm not sure about the- all the characters do it, yeah. no matter if it's in a game or a movie, <laughs> they do it anyway and nothing happens. Yeah, I'm- I, uh, I'm not sure about the blind part. I know that uh, there's a thing called hyperspace madness, where if you looked into the void long enough, eventually you'll go crazy. But uh, I do remember like a lore detail where the Imperials basically polarized all the viewing mirrors of their ship and everything. Okay. So they don't get affected, so to speak. But I do recall like Darth Vader would look into hyperspace constantly, and, he's, and he, he, f- he finds it relaxing. Of course he does. <laughs> he's so fucking unhinged. And there's his other character. His name is Chrono. Um, he's another uh, dark Jedi dude. Mm-hmm. But he describes looking into hyperspace as very soothing and calming. I can see why. Yeah. I can see the sound being relaxing. Yeah. But looking into it, I don't know. Especially just with like... all the stars going by, it's just like, it would give you a headache. There's this uh, motherfucking uh, short I remember watching a while back that uh, I, I'm not sure if it was promoting like Last Jedi or whatever, but uh, so BB-8 was with Chewbacca in the cockpit of a Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. and a Porg managed to get on there, <laughs> and uh, they were just, you know, classic shenanigans, trying to give a Porg, they eventually give a Porg, and they go into hyperspace, and the Porg is looking at the void, it's like, Ooh! <laughs> I gotta look at that short now. Yeah, I'll have to send you a link later. That's but cute. It is cute, but I'm all like, oh boy, he's going into hyperspace madness. <laughs> <laughs> what would a simple little animal do with hyperspace madness? I have no clue, man. It would be funny, though. That would be funny. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we um, t- 
talked about this a little bit in the Chiss episode. So the reason... Watch that episode. Yeah, yeah. Watch that episode, as usual. Um, So Chiss do have hyperdrives, but it's not as advanced as the the main galaxy. Yeah, they still have to go to beacons. Yeah. Every once in a while... they have children navigating them. Yeah. Every once in a while, though, those beacons would be... They would be useless Mm -hmm. because the unknown region is, well, it's unknown. It's unpredictable. There could be like a asteroid belt uh, one day and then there could be a black hole or something the other day. Yeah. It is, as I mentioned. It's unpredictable. It is very unpredictable. It's basically like sailing. Nothing about space is predictable. No. Uh, The the unknown regions is especially unpredictable. It's like the... It's like the equivalent of sailing in the middle of a friggin' hurricane. Yeah. All the fucking time. And that's why... Uh, yeah, for- the Chiss are able to do it. Merely because they have uh, their Skywalkers, the Force using children and everything. How lucky are they? <laughs> Otherwise, they'd be fucked. Oh, exactly. Like, Force users are an important commodity in Chiss society. And they it's their number one secret. Even though in Legends canon... No, in, in Legends, they are shunned. Yeah. Um, they mentioned it in Swator. Yeah, in I remember the that. traitor among the chess. <laughs> but yeah, like, Skywalkers are so important because, you know, they serve as navigators. They could be all like, oh, we're clear over here, we're clear over there, oh, there's an asteroid build over there, don't go over there, we'll just mm-hmm. go past it, you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah. But let me see. Uh... I wouldn't say it's a hazard, so to speak. I thought it was a nice quirky detail that I remember. Um, when ships exit hyperspace, there is a phenomenon called chronoradiation, which is a short but powerful burst of radiation caused when a ship transitions from hyperspace and into real space. Is that like the like kind of stretch thing that they yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, it's... a. I just thought it was a nice little detail because if you... I'm not sure of when was the last time you saw Empire Strikes Back, but you remember that one scene where Vader was all like, Admiral Ozzel is a idiot or whatever. I don't... It's been a, quite a long time since I've seen Empire Strikes Back. Okay, so for context, um, so the Empire finds out about Echo Base, you know, the rebel base on Hoth and everything. Yes. Um, they go to Hoth. And the Rebels are all like, oh shit, we got uh, an entire Imperial fleet coming out of hyperspace. We gotta get ready and ready the troops and everything. Mm-hmm. And Darth Vader essentially executed the uh, commanding officer of his personal vessel because Ozzel was... <laughs> He's kind of an incompetent commander, let's just say. And Vader <laughs> wanted to surprise attack the Rebels, but Ozzel got the fleet way too close to Hoth. Oh, dumbass. Yeah, because he was all like, we need to go further back and slowly approach them. Especially because Anakin is a master star pilot. Oh, absolutely. He would know. Yeah. Um, And that's one of the quirky details that I absolutely love that, you know, gives a lore reason. Because the radiation was detected by the rebels and they were able to prepare for that. That's smart. Yeah, so I just think it's a little neat Little explanation. Um, kind of like a radar detection system, but obviously you can't uh, detect ships in orbit. Yeah. You would have to get sense of radiation and all that shit first. Yep. But anyway, um, is there anything else I want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I think that's base. Oh, yeah. Um, so when you're in hyperspace... Um, you're not in reality. You're in a different plane of existence. Yeah, it's a different plane of existence. Yeah, and you might be wondering, if we're in a different plane of existence, how can people communicate to other planets while in hyperspace and everything? Um, each transceiver in the entirety of the galaxy have sub-like communications, which basically sends a radio wave into hyperspace into a certain ship or whatever. Okay, so it's like basically a beacon in hyperspace. Pretty on much, the yeah. Ship. That can make any connection. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I think it's, uh, I always love those little details that do the simplistic approach and everything. Yeah, it's, it's the very minute details of something so fucking big. Yeah. I mean, just looking at Star Wars in general, 
you wouldn't think to focus on that little thing. Yeah. Then there are other times where they kind of overexplain it, like with the malevolence, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I remember, I don't remember exactly what the source was, but there's like an explanation, like they were able to communicate with, uh, you know, Count Dooku and everything because mm-hmm. the ship is so large. It has a signature that is still in real space. Like it has its own atmosphere. And I'm like, that's over explaining it a little bit because each ship can still communicate within hyperspace. Mm. <laughs> I know it was, uh. A little over-explaining here and there. Yeah. But let me see. Uh, is it? God damn it. Why can't I think of anything else? Uh, oh, yeah. I know. So you remember that one episode where uh, Ahsoka, Ayla Sakura, and all the other clones get stranded on this world? Oh, yeah. With the lemurs. Yeah. So you remember that uh, <laughs> they were in hyperspace because it got damaged and everything. And they yeah. were going directly into a star if they don't shut down the ship. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking to myself, like, why on earth went into they just let the uh, ship disengage automatically? But I assume yeah. it's basically damaged, and that's the reason why they want to shut it off and everything. Yeah, the ship was pretty damaged. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I I just think hyperspace is one of those unique concepts that you don't think too much about, but yet there's lore that explains. There's some very shit. deep lore. It's yeah. deeper. Excuse me, deeper than I thought. Deeper than you thought, yeah. I I just think a concept like hyperspace and uh, the entire importance behind hyperlanes is just so fascinating to me. I could see why. And I would love to dive into the origins of, not origins, uh, hyperspace lanes and everything like that. Because each important hyperlane that I mentioned earlier has a story behind it. I'm sure it does. Like the Hydean Way it was named after this Duros explorer named Hydean. Okay. And it's really fascinating because there's like an entire opera that surrounds that event. Interesting. Yeah, it is so freaking fascinating. Okay. <laughs> and of course, um, there's some minor ones like the Castle Run, which you also see in the Holland Solo movie. I remember mentioning it, but I, I don't remember... It. Yeah, so uh, to make it a long story short, the Kessel Run is basically this legendary hyperspace lane where smugglers go in to go into Kessel to get the spice in and come back. Mm-hmm. And Han, it's I think it's like a uh, twenty-eight parsecs long. And Han Solo always likes to brag, like, "Don't you know the Millennium Falcon? It's the ship that beat the the uh, the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs." Oh, so he did it in more than half the time. Yeah, pretty much. That's a fast ship. It is a very fast ship, and that's the entire uh, plot relevance of uh, uh, Solo. I gotta watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, it is hyperspace. Hyperspace lanes in general are just so fascinating to me. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's all I have at the top of my head. Anything else? Uh, oh yeah, another thing. The common misconception. Like, each... The general misconception is that you could only reach planets that are along a hyperspace lane, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and for planets that aren't even close to the hyperspace lane, you would have to yeah, exit out... Yeah, like Tatooine. Yeah, um, you would have to exit out of hyperspace and go the rest of the way in real space. And that's not the truth, honestly. You could still go into hyperspace. It's just... I wouldn't say it's longer, but compared to going into real space, it cuts your time by half, basically. Okay. Hmm. Like, for example, uh, Mandalore. It is near the Hydean Way, but it is, like, way to it's the side. It's still way away. Yeah, you could still reach Mandalore through hyperspace. Because if you would reach Mandalore in real space, it would take, like, a year or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you would not want that. Yeah, no <laughs> that. that would suck. Yeah. Um. Also, a nice little detail. Um. The further you go into the galactic center of the galaxy, the more time it takes to get to those planets and the deep core and everything. Because, as you know, in Swator, uh, the deep core is basically a bunch of black holes packed in there. Yes, it is. Like, uh, I remember a certain detail that. Even though Odoran is much closer to Coruscant, mm-hmm. 
the mere fact that it's near the deep core and there's like, you know, black holes and shit, it's ironically much faster to travel to Alderaan from Tatooine. Really? Yeah, because there is less bullshit that you have to deal with. Wow. You wouldn't think of that like looking at a galaxy map. Yeah. Because it's a long way away. Yeah. But, wow, that makes sense. I guess. I mean, of course, it kind of depends on the ship because each hyperdrive has a different class. Like, uh, the lowest would be... So, it kind of... If there's like a... Uh, just to give you an idea. If there's a class 5 hyperdrive, it's kind of in the mid-range. Okay. But if it's like a class 11 hyperdrive, that's basically near the bottom of a barrel. Okay. But if you go up, like a, a class 1 hyperdrive, then that's a pretty fucking fast hyperdrive. Makes sense. Like, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, too, because there are, like, uh, named ships owned by main characters that are ludicrously fast. Like, the Millennium Falcon is a .5 class hyperdrive. That's still, that's pretty good. It is pretty good, yeah. Anyway, is that everything? I believe that is it. Um, Do you have any lingering questions, Hannah? Not really. I think I've had all my questions answered. All right. That is always good to hear. But anyway, um, so that is our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, how far can we go into hyperspace without succumbing to madness? Or hitting a planet? <laughs> Where we just... Yep. But anyway, um, so I, it was a lot of fun talking about hyperspace, but you want to guess what our next episode is going to be, Hannah? Enlighten me. So we were talking a little bit of hyperspace, um, and I decided... I was just, it was just kind of a coin toss for me because I was kind of debating on what our next topic would be. But I finally landed on one that I think would be really interesting to talk about. Hit me. It's been a while since we did a race. And for our next episode, we will be, ta- we will be exploring the big-headed pacifists themselves. The Biff. Oh, okay. Yep. The Jizz Players. The Jizz Players. <laughs> finally get to say that on the podcast. Insert Jake's reaction to Jake. <laughs> <laughs> His reaction, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was so awesome the That's, first time you heard it. We're going to make so many jokes about that next, time, next episode. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, especially me blabbering on about hyperspace. It's a really fascinating topic to talk about. Um, and yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. And in the meantime, may the force be with you. And this is the way, Hannah. This is the way. Adios. Bye.